think we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Good evening to you all. It is 6 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Wednesday night, December 5th, 2012. Boy, normalcy is something that Pure Gold definitely is in desperate need of. Let me tell you, folks, it's been a great, uh, it's been a trying two weeks here on Pure Gold. Uh, glad to be back on the air. The, the call-in number, as always, is 714-364-4721. My name is Joe Bacino. My tag team partner and co-host is David Gomez, and he will join us shortly. We are having minor technical difficulties, but just want to let you know that Happy Thanksgiving, the holiday season, is upon us. We've got lots to talk about tonight, so let's just go with the rundown. Tonight, NASCAR driver Cassie Gannis will join us. I think I'm pronouncing that right. We also have Fox sports reporter Kristen Levo joining us to talk about some college football. And then at the 7 o'clock hour, DG and Nelson, our producer, will be talking to Newark Bears owner Danielle Jornet, or Jornet. We'll find out what the true pronunciation is. And we'll, you know, before that, we'll be talking about a lot of different things, such as the football season. As we wind down, the Jets are totally out of it. We'll talk about some Giants as they do what they do best, is try to make their season very difficult on themselves. We'll get, on, get into some other NFL news and notes. We'll talk about some basketball. We'll talk about some hot soap baseball. You know, Dave Wright has now signed as a New York Met. We'll get all that. We'll get to a day stink segment, which should be interesting. Uh, you know, only one guest to, to to you know figure out who they stink is recently, and um, all that and a bag of chips. Like I said, this is Joe Pacino. You listen to Pure Gold on Ironbound Radio 1640. David Gomez will join us shortly. And we will have three three guests on our show tonight. So as I said, happy Thanksgiving to all. The holiday season is upon us, and it's just a crazy, crazy time. I'm sure in your lives and in everybody's lives, especially Pure Gold, we hope to have consistent shows every Wednesday from 6 to 7.30 from Iron Bell Radio, 1640 AM. Um, and as we get close to our two-year anniversary show, I'm sure DG will definitely talk about that more in depth as we get close to that which will be on December 19th. We'll have a two-hour special show. Two two years, folks, of pure gold, which is pretty unbelievable. But uh, before we go all that, let's let's get this show on the road at 6:05. Get into some football talk here. Talking about let's let's face it, let's talk about the Jets. Like I said, their season is pretty much over. Um, I don't I don't know what you know what to say other than the fact that it's a total circus now. You have a quarterback controversy. You got quarterback uh, Mark Sanchez, and then you have Tim Tebow, who hasn't played. Now McElroy saved the day last week, playing to a 7-6 baseball score, football score, folks. So uh, you, you do have a mess. Tim Tebow is nowhere to be found. Don't know, still don't know why he's on this team, if he's the second stringer. But McElroy came in and quote unquote saved the day. So it's good to see. Um, but other than that, I mean, the, the Jets right now are a total joke because they they they're what are they they're five and seven, not even a chance for a wild card at this point. They don't even. 
I mean, you have Pittsburgh and Cincinnati winning their, uh, the wild card at the moment. The Jets, even if they went out and went 9-7, they, they really wouldn't have any shot at this point to uh, make the playoffs. And, you know, the team's a mess. I mean, you know, Mark Sanchez, um, folks, we'll take a quick break. Sorry about that, folks. That was technical difficulties. This is JB. DG will be joining us shortly, and as I was talking about, the Jets' season is pretty much a debacle at this point. I mean, you got quarterback controversy. The, jo- the joke of a coach, as I would say, Rex Ryan, doesn't even know what to say these days at these press conferences. I mean, he, he says that he's got three quarterbacks that are, are really great, and uh, you know what? You wouldn't, tr- uh, To be honest with you, you wouldn't trade any of these quarterbacks for anybody that's starting in the NFL at this point. It's just Top to bottom, I mean, the, the defense is bad. The, the special teams is bad. The offense has been offensive since the beginning of the year. We've we've been talking about this at length. How Mark Sanchez was given no tools, none whatsoever, to you know basically um, make this offense work. Santoni San Holmes goes down. Dustin Keller becomes a a a sham, a farce. I mean, doesn't doesn't even seem like he wants to play in the Jets anymore. And you have a team that's five and seven. Um, you know, I guess you give this team, uh, you give Mark Sanchez maybe one more chance next year. But again, what are you going to do? You're going to get some more wide receivers that he's not used to. And he's going to throw to um, Rex Ryan. Is probably going to give him, is going to be given a pass. But the GM is probably going to lose his job. It's, the personnel decisions have been atrocious, uh, to be quite honest. Um, the, they did nothing again to address the off season. Their offense, their offense is offensive, and. Um, as DG now joins me here, arriving on the air. DG, how are you, sir? Dave, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. How in the world are you? Good. Did an intro already, so uh, ran down the rundown and uh, gave out the call-out information because we're running a little bit behind. I know in about five minutes we're joined by Cassie Gass. I'm talking some football, basically saying that the Jets season is pretty much over. They have a a quote-unquote quarterback controversy. The the coach um, is lying out of his teeth every press conference, so that is enough about the Jets. Your Giants, sir, always find a difficult way to get into the playoffs and, and win. I guess this is their forte, isn't it? Yes, it is, sir. That's just what the, what they do for whatever reason. They love to make it tough on the fans. I mean, you, you come and you beat the Packers pretty dominantly after the bye week. Um, you show that you're, you're mean business, you're the Super Bowl champions, and then you come back Monday night, play a team like the Washington Redskins with RG3, and you lose 17-16, had plenty of opportunities. And, and finally, sir, I could agree with you that the, the fact that they don't cash in in the red zone finally has caught up to them, and they lost a game that was critical. But, um, you know, they're still in first place, and they've still got a game lead against the Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins. This is the way, that, this is the giant way. If they're going to win a Super Bowl, they're going to go 9-7, sir, and they're going to be on the road the rest of the playoffs and win a Super Bowl again. It's unfortunate. Um, I don't. I definitely don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. They won last year, of course, which we uh, as Giants fans love it. Well, not you, but me, and those are the rest of us, a uh, big blue wrecking crew, as it were. But this team, like you just said, like I've been saying all year long, their inability to cash in the red zone is going to destroy them. It's going to destroy their playoff hopes. And here we are, sir. They beat the Packers, did a great job, and then they crapped it up, as it were, against 
the uh, Washington Redskins a game that they should have won. So they're just making life difficult for us, sir. Not sure, don't know why, but they just have a thing that they like to make their fans suffer. Yeah, and the Giants have the, they face the Saints, a team that is pretty much out of the playoffs. They have a good offense with Drew Brees. Um, I, I think honestly that the the Saints are they have nothing to play for at this point. The Giants go in and pretty much put a whooping on the Saints uh, this week. I think it's actually here at the stadium at MetLife. So, uh, do you have any um, analysis for the game? No. <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm hoping the Giants win. Uh, that's pretty much all I can tell you. I'm not confident. You know, as I always say, I'm not going to root against my team. I'm not going to pick the other team. But I don't see how any man, woman, or child can be confident the Giants are going to come back and make a big uh, effort. Because to be quite honest with you, it's easy as anything. It's simple enough for the Giants to go out there and get bombed this week. So, uh, you know, they could lose. they could lose quite handily. So I'm not necessarily... I'm not feeling it, sir. I'm not feeling uh, great vibes, as it were, from the Giants. And considering the loss they had, they can't be too confident either, sir. I agree with you. And I guess, you know, as we um, approach 6.15, we will be joined by NASCAR driver Cassie Gannis. She will be joining us shortly. But uh, the other big news happened last Saturday with the unfortunate, uh, well, whatever it is. It's a sad news. It's bad news of the... Kansas City Chief player uh, Tolliver yeah. killing himself, and then you know first killing his girlfriend, then kill himself. The the one thing I must say is, uh, sir, the, what are people thinking when 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 something like this happens, uh, something unfortunate like a, a murder, then a, a suicide? Why are they making a shrine of this guy? It's not like he's a hero or anything like that. He's a murderer, and not only that, he killed himself. Well, you're right. This actually reminds me of the whole Chris Benoit situation. Um, it's just a shame. I totally do not understand why anybody would go and take their the life of a loved one, and then their own life. It just doesn't make sense. Of course, he knew that if he survived, he would go to prison for a very long time. So one would have to assume that's why he he pulled the trigger on himself. But it's just scary, sir. It's a scary situation, and it's unfortunate because when you look at the overall um, picture of what his life was, it, apparently the um, apparently the Chiefs had been giving him a lot of support, you know, trying to help him out, trying to be as supportive as possible with him and his girlfriend with all of their problems and everything else. So it, it's just a shame, sir. It's an absolute it really shame. Is. Yep. And you know? Um, I know we don't have that much time to talk about, it, so I just wanted to get that out there. And then, you know, as we wind down the last uh, regular last month of the regular season, we'll definitely talk more Giants than Jets. But I see that we do have our guest, our first guest of the night, sir. Yes, we do, folks. We are proud and privileged as always, to be joined by NASCAR driver extraordinaire Cassie, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correct, Janice. Cassie, how are you doing this evening? I am good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, now, Cassie, can you tell us, tell the PG listening audience out there a little bit about yourself and uh, what got you started in car racing? Well, I'm 21 years old, been racing for um, 11 years now, and my dad started me in racing. He actually raced here in Phoenix at the local dirt track, and I always hung out with him and wanted to get into it, and he kind of blew me off, and eventually I guess I bugged him enough, and he finally got me a quarter midget, and obviously we're racing now in the K&N series. So. Wow, that, that's some interesting stuff there. And, of course, we're going to get into that a little bit more about that in a minute. But tell tell the fans, what's your favorite part about racing cars? I like the adrenaline rush of it. It's definitely an adrenaline rush sport when you're side-by-side side next to somebody going into a turn. I mean, that's what I like about it. 
That's interesting. It's good, good stuff. Now, Cassie, your your Twitter account says that you know your bio says that you know you've been race car driving with uh, K and N West. Can you exactly tell us what that means? The K and N West is just the K and N series that are racing under NASCAR. Okay. So so K and N filter sponsors it. Oh. What does, what does the K and N stand for, though? Just so we know, is it like a is it a retailer? Is it a supermarket? What is this? I think it's just their brand of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Joe and I are not exactly uh, NASCAR aficionados. When I saw that, I said to myself, um, okay, K&N, interesting. NASCAR, of course, we all know what NASCAR is. Now, uh, let me ask you this, uh, Cassie. Is there a downside to being someone such as yourself, you know, young and in a sport that really has always been associated with famous men versus uh, famous women? No, I don't think there really is a downfall, I mean, on it. Um, I've proven myself in racing that I can drive and and everything, so I don't really think there is any downfall to it. Okay, that's interesting. What, what would you say, it's, what would you give uh, anybody that has aspirations to be a race car driver, what kind of advice would you give them, Cassie? Um, just keep on following your dreams is the main thing. I mean, a lot of people told me, no, I can't do it, and, and I'm never going to make it, but, I mean, a lot of people have told me I'm never going to make it in the K&N series or never going to get up that high, and I'm in the K&N series right now. So definitely just keep pushing forward, and if someone tells you no, just keep on doing it. I also see that you've uh, been involved with some charities and community service. Can you tell us uh, what you've been involved in within your community? Yeah, the biggest uh, thing I do is... uh, off with the men and women of the military and go on a military tour with them out in 29 Palms and in Yuma and pretty much do a safety <laughs> tour, um, how not to text and drive and drink and drive because they're more likely to die of an accident here in the United States than over in Iraq or Afghanistan. Wow. It's it's just amazing. Uh, you know, someone such as yourself who's involved in so many different things and it, it, it's wonderful because, of course, the world needs um, young people in general, the world needs everyone to kind of come together and, of course, to um, you know be a part of things and to be to help out with the community and stuff. So it's great to see you're doing something that's so wonderful uh, for the troops and whatnot. Now, uh, let me ask you this, Cassie: uh, Your Twitter also says that you're a radio TV host. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, I used to do that. It was a show out in uh, Irwindale. Um, I used to do it, but not anymore. I just got too busy with uh, racing and traveling, and now I work full-time. So um, I've had to stop doing that for for a while. Okay. How about, Cassie, how about some long-term goals in terms of uh, on the racetrack? Is it, do you want to win the, the, the Chase Cup? Do you want to, what are some goals that you have on the racetrack? Um, I definitely want to make it into the Sprint Cup. Hopefully uh, next year or 2014, I'll be racing in nationwide or trucks. That's my goal for this year, do a little bit of truck races and then full-time in 2014. Oh, and wow. then move is my this, way up after that. Okay. And is this, a, is this your dream? Is this your this is what you were born to do, is be a NASCAR race car driver, or is there anything that you want to aspire to be in the long term? Um, definitely racing is what I want to do for a living. Well, okay. of course, you know, much continued success to you doing that. Um, not 
Cassie, tell the fans how can they keep in touch with you and follow your career. You can follow me on Twitter at Cassie Gannis, or you can go onto my Facebook. I have two. I have my personal page or my like page that you can like, and you can add both of them. Oh, okay, good stuff. So it's Gannis, correct? Not Janice. Yeah, it's Gannis. Okay, well, you know, well, sorry about that little little mix up at the beginning. Um, just wanted to make sure I got the name right. Cassie, we thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, you have a. I know it's an afternoon out there where you are. It's going to the early evening for us. Uh, thank you so much, and hopefully we can have you on again when you're, you know, more famous than Danica Patrick. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me, and hopefully I can be on again. Definitely. Have a wonderful afternoon slash evening. Thank you. You guys, too. Take care. Folks, that was Race Car Driver for the NASCAR Can and West Series. Ms. Cassie Gannis and as uh, Nelson, my our, our intrepid producer, was looking up, they seem to be some amazing air filters that look like the lights are going out. I think Nelson forgot to pay the, the bill this month. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Cassie's out there, uh, you know, doing her thing in Arizona and just uh, amazing stuff, sir. It really is. Uh, you got to, I mean, everyone talks about how it seems how easy it is, but it's really a physical sport where, I mean, you're not just holding the steering wheel to the left. It's really uh, a, a really tiring mentally and physically. You have to be in really good shape uh, to be a NASCAR race driver, give Cassie a lot of credit. But one thing I guess I forgot to, uh, I should have asked her, was that did you hear that, like, uh, who was it? Not Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Gordon and one other race car driver actually got into a fight off the track as soon as the race was over. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of hostility between the race car drivers, and uh, Jeff Gordon was fined something like $50,000 for uh, deliberately causing an accident a couple races ago. I'm not sure if you heard about that. Well, I'm sure... I'm sure that Jeff has no problem paying that because the man has got money, you know, in places that we don't even know about. And the interesting thing about NASCAR, sir, did you know it's the second biggest sport in the country after football? Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, it, down south, it's like the biggest thing since sliced bread. I mean, NASCAR race driving is just the biggest sport. You're right, it's uh, it's huge. You, I, I wouldn't think it is, but it, it really is down south. It's huge. What's amazing is that... Um, you look at football, and football's played all over the country. I guess the advantage football has is that you're talking college, high school, you're talking NFL. So there's a lot of that stuff that's huge all over the country. And here in the East, where we are, I mean, you know, racing isn't such a big thing. It's not something that people get into per se, but, of course, you have your fans. I remember driving through Indianapolis uh, and Indiana and all that, uh, going to Wisconsin to visit my my family that lives out there. And I remember, you know, driving by some big uh, racetracks and whatnot and just thinking to myself, wow, the, you don't see these types of things back home. You know what's amazing? I've, I've seen a race or two, believe it or not, and they are extremely loud. Uh, I actually got to be in one of the race car drive. Uh, we had, like, I forget, back in where I used to work, we had a race car drive driver come and uh, talk to us about just uh, how hard it is to actually be a race car driver. And then we um, actually got to go in the car, went around the tr- A track one time, and it's really loud and it's, it's really, um, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's, it looks much easier on TV than it actually is in person. Well, I don't know how easy it looks on TV. I mean, considering these guys are going at ridiculous, and girls are going at ridiculously high speeds, going around corners. I have enough trouble, you know, making turns at like curves at 45 <laughs> miles an hour. I can't imagine going upwards of 100 and some chains, sir. Yeah, I agree with you. So, folks, that was Kathy Gannis. It was nice for her to join us for a few minutes. Of course, um, of course. Uh, I guess you could say that was one of our shorter interviews, but, um, you know, we're just thankful that she came on the air, uh, you know, to join us. And, of course, uh, we do apologize for the technical difficulties we had at the beginning. For those of you not aware, Joe, I'm not even sure if you said this, but 
You and I are not in studio. I am here with Nelson, who is goofing around on the computer, it looks like. <laughs> um, and looking at the K&N filters, I think he's going to buy a few of them. The world's best air filter, apparently. He actually owns a few. He's giving me the thumbs up. But Joe is not in studio right now. I am in studio, so that's why we have a bit disjointed, as it were. Joe has some business he has to attend to. Um, but, uh, of course, this is Pure Gold, the greatest show ever. <laughs> yeah, I also mentioned to the audience that um, we will try to get back to our normally Wednesday from 6 to 7.30 on Ironbound Radio 1640. And our big show coming up in two weeks, our two-year anniversary. Can you believe it's been two years already of Pure Gold on the air? It's amazing. You know, we made a mistake last year. <laughs> we made a mistake last year. We celebrated the 10th of December. That's actually the day that we signed up for Blog Talk Radio. But our first actual show was the 16th. So uh, we decided that um, we decided that we were going to have our second year anniversary on the 19th, which is a Wednesday. And that is two weeks from now, as Joe mentioned. So we're excited about that. It's going to be a, a big action-packed show. We're going to have guests galore. I mean, it is going to be amazing. So I'm excited about that. I, I honestly can't believe it, sir. Can you believe that? When we started our show, we were—I forget—were we at? We were out of our homes, uh, as it were. But were we even together the first show that we did? I think the first ninety shows we weren't together, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing enough. So this is just like old times. But for the past uh, year or so, we've made some—you know—semblance, some attempt of getting together to do the program, and you know we've done a pretty good job of it. But so today just pretty much brings us back. I mean, we may as well just do the two—the two-year anniversary show in separate places. I really hope not. I really want to be there. Um, not, I'm not sure if I want to be in studio with Nelson. That doesn't pay the electric bill, <laughs> apparently. But, you know, that's not here nor there. I mean, if if they cut the electric, at least I could finish the show here. I do pay my electric bill. Thank you, Nelson. I mean, as we come up to 626, nobody's laughing, so Nelson must be giving me the finger or something at this point. Well, he's actually <laughs> laughing it up over there, and he's actually writing your your pink slip, as it were. Oh, great. I mean, I I welcome it because I will be heading to, uh, you know, never mind, never mind. Anyway, so we got four minutes before we take our break, sir. Let me go through some nuggets and, and let me ask you, um, so far the basketball season is, um, you know, relatively early, but the, the Knicks and Nets both look like teams that are going to be able to compete in the East against teams like the Heat, not even the Celtics at this point. Are you impressed with the, the early start of your New York Knicks? I am impressed. Actually, they've done a they've done a good job. The Nets and the Knicks are both doing quite well. Um, I'm excited, sir. I'm excited to see what the basketball season brings. I mean, honestly, football is my main concern right now. So I'm not 100% focused on basketball. But you know, you got the the Knicks at 12 and four, the Nets at 11 and six. I mean, the Knicks have the the best, well, the second best record in the NBA after the um, after the Oklahoma City Thunder, OKC 15 and four. Amazing enough, the Knicks are 12 and 4. How is it possible that the Thunder have played three more games than the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, schedules are weird like that with basketball. But you're right, uh, the Knicks and Nets are both, they, they played their first game ever uh, a couple weeks ago at the Barclays Center, and the Nets won that game. It went to overtime. I think Carmelo had a really good game. He missed some free throws uh, throughout the game, which cost him ultimately. It didn't cost him uh, in terms of just making uh, winning the game, but he did miss eight free throws, and they lost the game by four or five. So the first game was a success for the Nets at the Barclays Center. We have a new rivalry now. I think the Knicks and Nets, uh, if, the, you know, if these teams stay intact for the next couple of years, you have a great rivalry in the Atlantic Conference between these two teams. The other thing about basketball before I take a break is that, I don't know if you heard, but the San Antonio Spurs – uh, we're playing the Miami Heat at Miami, and um, Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs, he actually sent four of his main players, four of his starters home to rest because 
they were on this huge long road trip, and he felt like he wanted to rest his older players like Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and uh, Parker, his point guard. Um, do you have any thoughts about the uh, a commissioner getting intervening in whether or not you start your stars or not? Dave. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I, I'll give you my my take on that. As um, yeah, we have uh, some more technical difficulties of the uh, bathroom variety. So I will just mention that it, it to me it, any commissioner that goes in. Um, Dave, I was talking about the the fact that the commissioner Stern uh, put some sanctions and fined the San Antonio Spurs somewhere like twenty five or fifty thousand dollars for arresting their starters. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, totally absurd for a commission to intervene like that. I mean, if, as a coach, especially with uh, older players, you want to make sure they last the whole year and actually are fresh for the playoffs. Um, who, are, who I start is my prerogative at this point, I think. Is my, that's my opinion. To me, David Stern is overstepping his bounds. I mean, come on. This guy's I mean, he's retiring after this year. I know I was listening to Evan Roberts, and he was saying he can't. it can't be soon enough for him, but I think that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. Seriously, Greg Popovich is probably the best coach in the NBA and you're going to find the guy for for uh, you know sitting his starters that's ridiculous to me it's so early in the season you should never be fined for that it's just absolutely it's buffoonish sir um you know we're getting ready to go to the 6:30 we go to our break we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors here in Newark and of course I will be uh hitting you off with some clips over there and we will be joined after this by the lovely Kristen Ledlow Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio. Hi, I'm Anna Zelensky, and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around. Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hi, this is Brittany Bell, Miss Arizona USA 2010. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold each week to hear the best interviews and live talk radio. David and Joe are simply the best. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Hey, listeners, this is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. I want to encourage you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio for only the best in entertainment, sports, politics, and pretty much anything else you can discuss. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspectives. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappatelli at puregoldpg.com. What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. You are listening to Pure Gold Radio. I am actress Laura Jean Salerno, and they are David and Joe, and they are bringing you all the upcoming inside exclusive information on everything sports and entertainment ever. 
Hey, this is Lisa Marie Latino of Longshot Productions, and you are listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo of the Pix11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Folks, we are back here, 1640 AM Ironbound Radio. This is Pure Gold. Uh, I have a little uh, a little note here from Nelson that I'd like to read before we get into our guest. Kids, if you would like to meet Santa Claus, and I know that Joe would, December 23rd from 4 to 6 p.m., you bring your kids, your camera, take photos, no charge. They're, of course, free candy canes for the kids. Joe, I mean, you need to be all over this like, uh, like white on rice. It is sponsored by Ironbound Cafe with the support of RCUSA, a.k.a. Ironbound Radio, 1640. 9 Fleming Avenue in Newark, Nelson's favorite town. Make sure you go check that out, kiddies, December 23rd, 4 to 6 p.m. It's going to be some fun, fun stuff. And let, let me air a little, a little audio here, folks. I'm Kristen Ledlow, Southeast Field reporter for Fox Sports Next, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Folks, we are proud and privileged to be joined once again by the incomparable Kristen Ledlow. Kristen, how are you doing this evening? Hey, incomparable! Are you? <laughs> so thank you guys absolutely. for having me. No, thank you so much for joining I'm, us. And the reason I say yeah, incomparable, I'm glad to be here. the reason I say incomparable, Kristen, is because I actually, and I, I mentioned this to you off the air. I listened to the interview you had with us the first time, and it hands down, Joe could tell you one of our favorite interviews. You were so energetic and so just exciting. It was great to talk to you. And uh, you're up there. You are absolutely up there in our top five, may at the worst, top ten. Out of all the guests we've had, so we thank you so much for coming back. Now, Kristen, last time you were on, we weren't able to get to this. I know we have some football to talk about, but I would like to know, and I'm sure your fans would like to know, tell us a little bit more about Kristen Ledlow, the uh, the woman who is, according to your, your Twitter, faith, family, and football. Tell us a bit about that. Oh, well, thank you for I think that's kind of how I like to keep things priority as well. And as soon as those things start getting out of order is when I that uh, my life itself starts falling apart and getting out of order. So, uh, yeah, that, that's how I like to keep things uh, in order in my life. And obviously my faith is the most important thing. That's not, that's not only what saved my life but what's given me a place. And then my family, I guess I could add another F, uh, uh, friends as well, but my family uh, – <laughs> Me, I have a very small family, but my mom, my dad, and my sis, the closest people in my life, absolutely my support system, people who have encouraged me to, to be who I am now and to be who I'm becoming. And then, of course, football itself. <laughs> That's third on the list. <laughs> of course, well, I mean, food, I'm sure, is out there, too, so you can throw that in there. Now, you oh, mentioned you're right. you mentioned faith, and uh, we're having a hard time hearing you, Kristen, because you, you, you seem to be cutting out. But um, I, I got the gist of what you said. I'm sure the fans did, too. You mentioned that. To your faith saving your life. Can you uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't have said it if I can't talk about it. Of course. <laughs> um, I uh, I figured along the way that every single plan I had for myself uh, seemed to uh, to fall apart if it was not the one that God had for me. So, like I said, not only has it saved my life from what I could have been and who I could have been, but it's given me a purpose as well. And and you know, obviously, I think that. Where I am right now is exactly where I'm supposed to be. But uh, more importantly than that, it's it's having 
the ability to rest in what you know the future is going to be as well. So I kind of I got to keep it number one in my life, and as soon as I don't, I, I watch myself start falling apart. Trust me. <laughs> That's awesome, Kristen. Speaking of God, Kristen has a is God a Notre Dame fan this year or what? <laughs> Oh, my gosh, you guys, don't start with me. Down here in the south, of course, none of us want to hear it, you know. <laughs> He's got a Notre Dame fan. I, I, I know hundreds of thousands of people down here that would love to disagree with that one. But, of course, there's not going to be any arguing it until January 7th. We can talk about it all we want. But until those two teams go head-to-head, we will not know who is the best team in this nation. That's why we have a national championship. So, I guess we'll see what happens, uh, you know, Irish and Tide, January 7th. I'm looking forward to it. Is it just me or is it It's just ridiculous that college football waits about sometimes 40-plus days with Notre Dame to play a national title game? Uh, some rust has to kick in between now and the, the championship game, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's crazy, although it seems crazy for us fans, of course. But, you know, in order to fit in all the bowl games leading up to it, as well as a Christmas break for these guys, keep in mind they're still students. These guys are still 18- to 22-year-old young men. Um, You know, you fit in a break. You fit in time to practice, time to plan, time to prepare. And then, of course, some of these guys are starting bowl games in the coming weeks. It's not 40-something days. So you got to fit those games in first uh, before you have the national championship game, obviously. But like you said, they have so long to prepare for it. And it's always interesting to me not to see the teams, not to see the game, but to see how the coaches respond to it, especially last season when you're looking at a rematch of a game that had already taken place. You watch somebody like Nick Saban, you watch somebody like Les Miles and see what they're able to do in, I guess, what could be considered an off season when you're looking at a month plus before you face a team to watch how they get their guys prepared. And obviously I haven't been up north, I haven't been able to cover Notre Dame uh, firsthand, but I've been able to, able to cover Alabama this entire season long. And just on Saturday, Coach Saban said to all of us, you know, I'm going to give my guys a couple of weeks off. Like, we don't have to start preparing for Notre Dame right away. I'm going to give them a chance to bask in the glory of this SEC championship. I'm going to give them a chance to, to really enjoy what they've accomplished, and then we'll start focusing it on it as soon as practice starts. So I think that these top coaches, and obviously you're a top coach if you get your team into the top game, uh, they know how to handle it, and, and even though it feels like you know a month and a half for us fans, I'm sure it goes by a lot faster if you're one of the guys on the team. You know what's interesting, uh, Kristen, is, is we're talking about w- with Kristen Ledlow, the as I mentioned earlier, the incomparable as a Fox uh, sports reporter. Uh, mm-hmm. When I heard the, when I heard her first interview, you were you were fifty fifty. You got there were two things that we uh, we had talked about. Joe specifically had asked you. You got one correct when you said that you did think that no, that um, Alabama would be in the national championship game, but you weren't really giving too much credit to Notre Dame there. Uh, you mentioned maybe in a bowl game. I don't think this is their year. Uh, and any uh, any comment on that, Miss Ludlow? Oh, absolutely. I'll own it. Absolutely. Um, I just, you know, being down south and being in the heart of what is considered college football country, obviously, uh, you know, I'm looking at teams like at the time when we spoke three months ago, like Alabama, like Georgia, like LSU, even like Florida. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be a possibility that Notre Dame, even with one loss, will be able to work its way into a national championship. So you're looking at a Notre Dame team that has to be completely flawless this entire season, 
And they were able to pull it off. I'll be the first to admit it. I, I did not think that it was going to happen. I thought they maintained credibility up until that last week. They would go to USC, and I thought that Matt Barkley and his, uh, you know, preseason number one team would put an end to it there. But with Matt Barkley sidelined, Notre Dame was able to go to L.A. and beat USC. So I will own that. I am very surprised that Notre Dame went completely clean through their entire season uh, when I thought they would get tripped up somewhere along the way. They almost did. Pitt, uh, you know, challenged them in that three-overtime game. And then, of course, like I said, USC would have been a threat as well. But they've managed to do it. I'll own it. And, hey, they're in the national title game. And it's time to get Kristen back on our good side since Dave is uh, loving the fact that she was wrong on Notre Dame. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about something you were definitely spot on, the fact that Alabama – uh, was able to get into the national title game. I watched the game on Saturday, and let me tell you, Kristen, that game had the makings of a championship game. If that was the national title game, I would have been so satisfied with the season. Georgia and Alabama played such a great game. Alabama ran it down their throats, basically. Um, did you did you think that Georgia at the end had a chance? I mean, there was that misplay where I guess the quarterback could have spiked the ball and, and had two more downs, but that was such a great game. Comment on that. Oh, absolutely, and yes, for you to say that Georgia didn't have a shot at winning that game would be absolutely wrong. They were eight yards away from a national championship appearance. Georgia was incredible on Saturday, as was Alabama, and we watched what we thought was going to be more of a defensive showdown turned into really a, a game of showing you that hard-nosed SEC watching, and you saw some of the top runners in college football go head-to-head on Saturday And, yes, you're exactly right. Georgia has an absolutely incredible football program, and that was one of the things that Nick Saban said to us after the game was, if this team does not make it to a BCS, well, that is a crying shame. Of course, we all know how the BCS works, and it doesn't exactly happen that way just because coaches and fans don't want to see it that way. But it certainly had the makings of a national championship. It had everything we wanted in a conference championship. I'm really excited about this Alabama-Notre Dame matchup. Even though, like I said, I own it. I didn't call Notre Dame ending up in the title game. I'm excited about it because of the history that's there. These are two of the most storied programs in college football history, and they haven't had a chance to match up since 1987, and I hate to, uh, you know, to reveal my age, but um, I wasn't born then. I don't know about you guys, and uh, so I haven't gotten to see these two teams face off, and uh, I'm really excited to watch that matchup. I think that we're looking at, I mean, this is certainly college football Super Bowl. These have got to be the highest rating in a national championship, uh, in my opinion, probably ever. I agree with you, um, and I know it's it's too early, but we don't know if we'll get you on before the title game. I hope we do. Do you, do you have any? Um, I don't know. It seems like Alabama is going to be the heavy favorite, even though Notre Dame's undefeated. Do you think that uh, Notre Dame has a shot to beat Alabama? I mean, if logically you could just say if Notre Dame is able to shut down the running game, they should be able to give Alabama a good game. Um, do you see anywhere where Alabama might blow out Notre Dame? Uh, I don't know that we're going to see a blowout game. And um, one thing that my college, uh, excuse me, my high school basketball coach used to always tell me, when it comes down to a title game, you don't have to be the best team on the field all season. You don't have to be the best team in the nation. You don't have to be the best team, uh, you know, on the planet. You just have to be the best team that one particular night. 
And when you're talking about a college football national title, that can always go either way. I think if Notre Dame is not able to shut down Alabama's run game, then we could see the tide roll away with it pretty quick. And I did not even mean to do that uh, tide roll away, roll tide. I didn't even mean to throw that in there, but it was good. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that we could see him run away with it pretty quick. I've seen early on uh, Alabama to to be a 10 to 14 point favorite at this point. I'm sure that the gap is going to close as we get closer and closer to the game. But if they're not able to stop the run game, we could see a, a larger score margin. But if they are able to put a stop to a couple of those guys, but just slow Eddie Lacy down a little bit, slow TJ Yeldon down a little bit, I think that we're going to be looking at a great game. And regardless, you're going to have the eyes of the entire nation. Now, I don't want to put a gun to your head, but give me you're the expert, so I'm going to go with what you say. Would you say the number is 150 yards or less rushing Notre Dame could win, or is it going to be less than even that? It's tough to say, and I wouldn't call myself the college football expert. I may be one, you know, one of the experts in the SEC. I obviously haven't been covering Notre Dame all season long, so I don't want to come at this uh, biased or one-sided by any means. I've just been able to watch all of the SEC teams firsthand, and and yeah, absolutely. I would say that Notre Dame is going to have to lock down that running game. Uh, Georgia gave up 350 yards. Uh, of that rushing attack against Alabama, you had two guys in both Eddie Lacy and T.J. Yeldon rush for more than 100 yards. So you're going to have to see them put it into that. I don't know exactly what type of number you could put on it because it will depend on how Alabama's defense is performing that night as well. So I don't want to put a number on it as to whether or not Notre Dame win if keep it to a certain amount of yards, but I think that that's got to be the key in this game. Now, not to switch gears on you, Kristen, but, uh, you know, we have you for a few minutes. I want to get to a couple other things. Um, I'm curious, this is something that happens, it affects us locally, and the interesting thing is, let me just call my partner a complete and utter hypocrite, because last week when we were here in studio together, he was telling me how much he loathed the Rutgers football program, because he went to Rutgers Newark, and the Rutgers football program is from New Brunswick, but when he talked to you in our first interview, he was saying how much he loved them, and they were great, and yeah, you know, it's the same team, and blah, 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 so I just want to throw that out there. Rutgers is going to be leaving the Big East for the Big Ten in in a couple of years. Give us your thoughts on that. Is this the death knell for the Big East, and is this a good move for Rutgers? I think it's absolutely a great move for Rutgers, first of all. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we're kind of watching one of college football's conferences in the Big East crumble from the inside out. Rutgers actually has a lawsuit now against the Big East, or, or excuse yeah, against the Big East to try and get to the Big Ten in 2014. So we're looking at only one more season that Rutgers would be operating within their current conference. And they're able to cite things like, you know, the early exit of, of West Virginia. And then, of course, both Pitt and Syracuse will be part of the ACC starting next year. So I hate to say death of the Big East, but I think that a lot of experts and analysts out there would absolutely say that at this point. And it's a shame because, uh, you know, the, the Big East did have some, some good things going on there for a while. Now, um, you know, you mentioned uh, we mentioned Alabama, we mentioned all that. There's there's something I'd like to touch uh, on with you that we did not um, plan on covering, per se. Jonah had mentioned it off the air, but it's not college football related. It's a, it's a national tragedy, as it were. It's the Jabon Belcher uh, thing. Joe and I did talk about this earlier. But I'd like to get your take on that. Now, of course, as a woman of faith and as someone who covers football, I know sometimes those two things mix, they intermingle, sometimes, uh, you know, they, they may seem to be at odds. In a situation like this, what, you know, more um, more news comes out, more details, et cetera, et cetera, 
I mean, is there any explanation that anybody could ever give that would that would give any logical reason why somebody would do what he did? What, you know, having the support that he had from his his uh, organization, and of course having a, a you know three month old daughter, as it were. And when you heard about that, you know, give us your take on that, if you could. Absolutely, and of course I have to choose my words wisely here. Um, but unfortunately, there there are explanations as to why someone could do those things or or could give those reasons. I can't personally understand what would bring someone to the point that they felt that they had no other way out but to end everything. And it's heartbreaking that he chose to to take someone else down with him, leaving a daughter without a a mother or a father. And it's truly heartbreaking, the entire thing from start to finish. But I think what's important also is that we as sports fans, as sports analysts, as sports reporters, don't turn this into what would be glorifying someone, you know, typically if, if they were to pass on, uh, we, w- we would glorify them in their absence and show their highlights over and over and talk about what a great teammate they were. But this is a different situation. This is someone who, who murdered his girlfriend right before taking his own life. So it's important to look back for what it is. It's obviously a tragedy, but the woman that should be glorified, and this was the one who was murdered, and it's not the man who took her life. So, like I said, it, it's such a tough situation, and so important for me to weigh my words, um, especially on something that's just being, uh, you know, as public as this show is. But uh, it's obviously heartbreaking and a tragedy from start to finish. No, it definitely is, and the worst part about it, from what I read, oh well, not the worst part per se. Let me let me backtrack on that. But another terrible aspect of it is that the woman that uh, his girlfriend, you know, the mother of his child that he murdered is actually the cousin of uh, Jamal Charles's wife. So it affects the Kansas City Chiefs in a much bigger aspect than just one of their players doing what he did. But one, another, you know, another star player, um, you know, this whole incident, regardless of where he falls in the death chart or whatever the case is, but the fact that two of the, of the team was so tragically and, you know, life-alteringly affected by it, it's just amazing. And, and it really one of those things that, as I – told you earlier and you know mentioned to the the fans it's just you you can't understand it i just kind of wanted to get your take on it like you mentioned it's something words have to be chosen carefully like i saw that bob costas had come out with this whole anti-gun control thing and i'm not sure if he backtracked or if he apologized for it but i know that he made some other comments after the fact and it's just it's just crazy joe mentioned that there were like shrines and things kind of thrown up there which is truly mind-boggling and uh having a, a 14 month old daughter myself i just couldn't imagine ever thinking that things are that bad, you know, to to try to take your life or even somebody else's. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what's unfortunate is that had he not been a football superstar, there wouldn't be a shrine for this man anywhere. Because the reality is he took someone else with him before he took his own life. And heartbreaking as it may be, unfortunately, in the sports world, we tend to highlight and glorify what's done on a field or on a court or in a gym more so than looking at who who a person is. And I obviously can't sit here and analyze from the outside in what went wrong in someone's mind or heart in order to, to think that that was the only way. But it's a heartbreaking situation, one that certainly should not be glorified, um, and one that probably only the families at this point can speak on uh, with any level of knowledge or, or even with the right level of sensitivity as well. Right. That, that's a good point, Kristen. And I, you know, I hate to end it on a, on a sour note like that, but I did want to touch on that, you know, when we had you on for a few minutes. And as always, we really do appreciate you coming on the air. And, of course, we have the national championship game to look forward to in what seems to be an eternity from now. 
Um, thank you so much, Kristen. And again, hopefully we'll have you on in the near future. You are awesome. That's pretty much all I can say. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, hopefully you, next time you guys have me on, you won't have me eating my words about uh, Alabama winning the national title game. But we'll see, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> thank you, Kristen. Have a good one. Thank you. Folks, that was the one and only Kristen Ledlow. Um, immensely talented Fox Sports reporter. Just so grateful to have her on. Um, you know, here we are. We have about eight minutes left till the, the top of the hour. And I know that we have our, our other guest on hold, but with Joe needing to uh, exit the premises, as it were, to go do something, uh, you know, again, that I don't really need to get into now, but he has to take care of some business. We're going to ask that Danielle, the, the owner of the New York Bears, the co-owner, just hold on for a few as we uh, as we go Um Wanted to just throw that out there. Thank you so much to her. And, of course, we did have Kristen on there, uh, just amazing. Two guests with one more to go. JB, as uh, we close out these final few minutes of the 6 o'clock hour, any any thoughts, any comments? Yeah, I'm, I know you had a lot going on this past weekend, and um, the the game between Alabama and Georgia, SEC Championship, was just a great game, like I was telling Kristen. And uh, it's good to um, to have those two teams battle it out, and then Alabama, the defending champions, make it to the championship game. I think the game is going to be excellent on January 7th between these two teams. I'm just hoping that Alabama I'm, – I'm more for Notre Dame just because they're undefeated, and uh, I just hope that they win a championship for the first time in their – or the second time in their uh, career. Uh, that would be nice to see. But um, other than that, you know, she broke down a lot of good information for football. We talked about the unfortunate Javon Belcher. Yes, Just once again to some baseball talk before we go to the top of the hour, and then we have on uh, the owner and co-owner of the New York Bears and CEO, Danielle, and uh, we will find out how to pronounce the last name. Is it yeah. Jonay or is it Jonette? <laughs> I've actually been corrected by Mr. Nelson. According to the website, as per the website, it's his co-owner, but uh, Nelson just hit me and he told me that it is owner, and the only owner of a professional sports franchise, baseball franchise, that is of the female, you know, who is a female which is interesting, and of course we'll get into that with her in a minute, Sarah, but you want to talk baseball as we segue into that. We have to talk about the New York Metropolitans. We have to talk about David Wright and his ridiculously moronic and idiotic contract, and we have to talk about the possibility of Mr. Robert Allen Dickey, Cy Young Award winner for 2012 of the National League, getting traded. Give me your thoughts, sir. Yeah, I, I know that you're you're talking about David Ray, and I can already tell the tone is is negative uh, as always negative with the Mets. Nelly. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I said negative Nelly. Oh, definitely negative Nelly. Uh, just the fact that we have now a homegrown Met and he was going to stay a Met for for life to me is a good thing. I think David Ray is one of the good baseball players on I'm and off the field. Over. I'm going to mute you right now. Yeah, I know that you're all about winning and money and greed, but uh, unfortunately, Dave. Um, <laughs> The face of the franchise is now a good face of the franchise, and, and that's not always... the face of the franchise. Are you kidding me? The, the face of the Mets franchise is the face of a losing organization. The Mets never win. David Wright is not your number one guy. David Wright is not that type of player. The Mets are paying him like he is. He's going to be in, in uniform until 2020 when my daughter is going into, like, the fourth grade. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You think this is a good move? Yeah, the fact that you will never like any moves that the Mets makes just shows me that oh, you are become on. more negative than me. You are such a phony. I can't believe you think this is a good move. You 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 cannot be serious. I don't think David Wright is the man in terms of like being the guy that they're going to build a team around. I think he's going to be one of those. He's going to be the face of the franchise. He, 
Oh, what are you talking about? How are they not going to build a team around him? They just gave him a zillion, a billion dollars. He's going to be in this in the Mets uniform for the next eight years at least. The guy's going to be pushing 40 practically. When The, the Mets aren't going to have money to pay anybody else. What do you mean? He's the face of the franchise, but they're not going to build their team around him? That doesn't even make sense. Well, let me ask you this, though. Isn't uh-huh. Alex... Isn't isn't Derek Jeter the face of the franchise? All right, so now you're going to compare Derek Jeter and and uh, David Wright, and the Mets are some who are not the Yankees, by the way. Last I checked, they're somehow going to have the money to pay somebody two hundred million dollars to be the quote unquote best player on the team. Come on. All right, since we disagree with with David Wright being signed, because I think that you would have probably ripped the Mets to no end if they didn't let if they traded him for a bag of balls. Um, what do you think about Dickey? Does he stay a Matt or does he get traded? What was that? Say that again, sir. Um, Mr. R. A. Dickey. We can't talk about David Wright because we're, we're going to agree. We're going to disagree for the next four minutes. Let's talk about R. A. Dickey. Does he stay as a Matt or does he get traded? I think he should get traded. Um, I think that they're going to trade him. I I can't imagine. I mean, again, the Mets are not going to win. They're not going anywhere with David Wright. Without David Wright, with R. A. Dickey as a starting pitcher, I mean, they should just trade him, get what they can. They should have traded David Wright, got what they can, but that's not going to happen, unfortunately. And. Do you think that, you know, the Mets get a potential outfielder, a good outfielder? I mean, what what can you get for R.A. Dickey at this point? If you're going to trade him, you might as well trade him now. He's a Cy Young Award winner. He's at the, you know, you're not going to get any more trade value than him. No, of course, of course. No, I said he's at the peak of his trade value. You're not going to get any more for him uh, than you would right now. But I know a lot of fans are going to be in uproar. I guess the David Wright thing kind of buffers that. But my question is, where do the Mets go from here? They have David Wright for the next eight years. Are they going to get anybody around him? Because he's not a number one guy. He needs to be number two or number three. And then if you're going to trade Dickey for a prospect, what kind of prospect are you going to get? The Mets are in shambles. This shows you exactly why the Mets are never going to win. They give all this money to this guy. Yeah, it's great to have a homegrown Met. I love that. I think that's awesome. But he stinks. He absolutely (laughs) stinks. You're telling me this is the reason why the the Mets uh, are a joke of a franchise, not the fact that they're still paying Bobby Bonilla, and we'll still pay Bobby Bonilla when me and you are both on Social Security. Well, there won't be a Social Security at that point, but that's neither here nor there, and you're right. That does make them a joke, but come on, man. 2006, just six years ago, the Mets were one of the best teams in baseball. They could have won the World Series. They should have won the World Series. They didn't even make it to the World Series because guys like David Wright could not get clutch hits. But now, oh, let's give David Wright uh, $25 billion. You know what, Joe? You're a phony. You proved it when you were talking to Kristen. You are talking about how great uh, Rutgers was. And then uh, two weeks ago, when we were here in studio live in person in Newark. You were telling me how much uh, how terrible Newark is, how terrible uh, the, you know, the franchise is down there in New Brunswick. And you love Newark, et cetera, et cetera. You're a phony. You know, I'm thinking as you're uh, spouting off some evil uh, things and uh, may God you know, bless your soul because you are pure <laughs> evil. Um, I have a thought. Maybe we could convince Danielle, and hopefully she's listening out right now. Maybe we could oh, convince Danielle to, to sell, to buy the New York Mets. Maybe she would be the perfect owner. Maybe the Wilpons need to get the hell out of here and let her run the show. I think maybe, just maybe, we might win another World Series as her as the owner of the New York Mets. I, I think that right now anyone as the owner of the New York Mets would be a better thing than the Wilpons. But, yeah, that would be actually interesting. And I'm sure she'll comment on that as we get around in about two minutes or so. But, sir, we're getting to the top of the hour. Um, it's 6.59. Say your final piece in the last 30 seconds because we'll be right back. All right, my final piece is that 
Folks, I had a great show. Uh, I know we had some technical difficulties. Next week, we will be back in studio together, me and DG. The following week, we'll have our two-year anniversary show. Nelson, pay your electric bill because I'm coming home next week. (laughs) Joe, thank you so much uh, for joining us for the first hour. Folks, we'll be right back after a couple of messages here on Ironbound 1640 AM in Newark. And, of course, com. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nikki Boyer, the host of Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hey, guys, this is actress Sadie Alexandru, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hey, this is recording artist Sahara Star, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Be sure to check back every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to tune in to the best Internet talk show on the East Coast. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City... I'm listening to Pure Gold. Hi, this is Amanda Guerrero from humorandspice.blogspot.com and on Twitter at Humor and Spice. You're listening to Pure Gold Radio, where they cover everything and tell it like it is. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez with Texas USA 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply pure. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself, a reoccurring guest, nonetheless, on Pure Gold Radio. And what I want you to do is check out my friends, Dave and Joe, as they deliver nonstop entertainment week after week with amazing guests, discussing everything from wrestling and sports to entertainment. You name it, it's talked about, and it's only talked about in one place, Pure Gold Radio. And you can find them at puregoldpg.com. That's puregoldpg.com. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives at puregoldpg.com and make sure you check mine out. You might learn a thing or two from some of the biggest brains in the business. Folks, we are back. Here, live from 1640 AM Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey, this is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Well, technically it's just David, but uh, thank you so much, Laura Jean. And folks, I am joined by the one and only, and of course, I apologize in advance if I mispronounce your name because Nelson told me, so it's his fault, Danielle Dronay, who is the owner of the Newark Bears. Hi, <laughs> yes, drone a drone <laughs> whichever you prefer. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm very, I'm very particular about things like that. So you tell me which, what the, what would your parents say? What, what would your family call you? What's the correct way to say it? Well, the correct way is drone. Yes, I got it right. Touchdown. <laughs> Nelson was wrong, of course. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. And I do apologize. Uh, I checked the Newark Bears website, and what I saw that said co-owner. Are you the sole owner of the team? 
No, I'm I'm majority owner, and I am the CEO and GM and all of the above. So, oh, wow. um, Doug is my partner, Dr. Spiel, and uh, but he pretty much um, he's sort of a a hands-on team physician. So he'll handle that and a couple of other obstacles that are that I'll throw his small obstacles, you know, that I'll throw his way every once in a while. <laughs> now, tell us a bit about yourself, Danielle, because uh, you know Nelson mentioned to me you're the only uh, female. Uh, baseball owner in the country, professional sports franchise. Um, now, I find that fascinating, but uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, tell the fans who are listening now here in the Newark area and, of course, all over the, the world as we are being transmitted live throughout the Internet. Cool. Well, um, I am uh, – this is this was a surprise to actually become uh, an owner of a professional baseball organization. And, yes, I am um, the the only woman – that owns professional, um, you know, professional team as well as managing it. Um, the second in history, um, which the first was in the 1930s and 40s, which was Effa, um, and she was the first, of course, and she actually owned the Newark Eagles. So it's pretty cool to have that, that special history behind, you know, the two of us, you know. So it's definitely interesting. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, this was a surprise. Um, we were actually – Dr. Still and I were partners um, in other businesses. I own a marketing and production firm, and we had a suite there for about uh, three years prior to the ownership opportunity. So we were familiar with the Bears. I just did not get the the you know what was going on, why the stands were not you know not filled, packed because it's a great ball, great location, great stadium. Um, and so uh, because of my expertise, they owned the prior ownership and management had offered us in, and um, and things did not go so well, and we ended up taking over the ownership of mid-season in 2011 and um, overcome major, major financial and credibility obstacles, and uh, that was our number one challenge in 2011, and then so... I guess this is our first off season that we get to focus on building a championship team. So we're excited about that. Now I know the Bears had won a couple of championships when they were part of the Atlantic League earlier, and of course being a part of the Can Am League now. Now you mentioned about this being a surprise. You, you kind of you jumped the gun on me because I was going to ask how this all came about. <laughs> um, now, are you not from this area originally? Because I saw the the number on our call screening line is like from Louisiana somewhere. I am from Louisiana and uh, originally from Houma and, and uh, had grew up mostly near Baton Rouge and then in my adult life I uh, lived in New or in and in, in um, excuse me in and near New Orleans so um, a lot from the, the southern portion of Louisiana and I moved to New Jersey five years ago. Oh, very nice. That's interesting from New Orleans to New Jersey. I, I don't know why you would ever want to come here, but that's uh, that's besides the point. Now, of course, you mentioned Newark being in a great location, and I personally have never understood it. I've I've grown up 15 minutes from here. Um, I haven't been to a game yet, but that's that's because Nelson said this year he would treat me in all the games. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it, it really is. But that's <laughs> that's because of, you know all these other things going on. I have been to some minor league ball. I've seen the Somerset Patriots. And I'm looking forward to going to see the Bears this year. Can you tell the fans who may be out there listening, um, what, what surprises, what things do you have in store for the 2012 season? You know, you mentioned about wanting to uh, restore credibility, et cetera. What's, your, what's your, uh, your game plan, as it were, if you can divulge any of it? 
game plan is for us for, well, first and foremost is to win, to build a, a championship, you know, team. And I think that uh, Quentin Davis, who retired last year, um, he uh, he is the interim field manager for now, and uh, he is doing a great job trying to reach out to some talent and our um, a lot of the players that we have um, currently from, you know, prior seasons and, you know, it's looking really good. So that's number one. And number two is just really getting out into the community and building these relationships and showing that we are honest people and that we are in it for, you know, the right reasons. And our internal goal is just to break even and to be able to continue this historic, you know, organization and, and franchise and try to, you know, utilize the stadium 24-7 all year round, you know, and giving our community a better, uh, something to look forward to and something to do. You know, we host many events on and off season. So, you know, a lot of people criticize me for, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's a woman, first off. And secondly, you know, she doesn't know baseball. Well, I'm sorry. Baseball, unless you are, a, you know, a major league or, you know, you just, it just doesn't sell anymore. So you have to have great entertainment great community relations and so on and so forth. But I hire the guys that know the baseball, and I, I learn from the best, like Tim Raines, you know. So I'm getting there. <laughs> no, Tim Raines, uh, Tim Raines, definitely anybody who knows baseball, a uh, huge baseball fan myself, everyone knows who Tim Raines is, you know, a legend with the Expos who are now defunct, with the Yankees even. Um, so it, it's interesting because, you know, you talk about how um, – People will criticize you for being a woman, but, I mean, that's not your fault. You're, that's how you were born. You know, you, you're here, you're successful, you have your business, you've done all these different things, and you want to bring a winner to, to here to Newark. And it's also interesting because you make a good point. When I was growing up, and I'm only 31, but when I was growing up, baseball was it. Football was number two, baseball was number one. Yep. And now, you know, in terms of this country and in terms of the top sports, now baseball, it's it's probably at number three. Um, with the hockey debacle, hockey will probably never, uh, you know, yeah. surpass it. But um, baseball is just not the national pastime anymore that it was. So you're mm-hmm. right. Unless it's the Yankees, unless it's one of these big market franchises, um, they don't sell. You know, people people like baseball. People like it. But for the most part, even if you go to City Field, even if you go to Yankee Stadium, you're going to see stuff. You're going to see arcade games for the kids. You're going to see, right. you know, these things where they can they can play, they can hit try to hit the ball out of a little mini park. They can do all these video game giveaways. So even the professional level, the major league level, because, of course, you guys are professionals, but at the highest of the high levels, they're trying to Im- improve um, their on-the-field product, but also their off-the-field product. So, of course, you have to take a cue from them because, like you said, people aren't going out there and falling out in droves. Now, Nelson mentions to me that there's a, there's a $5 you know ticket admission that you can pay as a Newark resident, which is a great thing. Of course, you get great value for your money. Absolutely, absolutely. We offer for the community $5 tickets, $5 hot dogs, and $5 beverages. Um, if they show just an ID or a mail, you know, piece of mail with their, their name on it and that kind of thing. And and, and uh, we just want our community to enjoy themselves and to experience it. And baseball is a little slow. So, you know, you have to keep the kids entertained and you have to keep those, you know, the wives or, you know, the, the, the children you know, the children that are not that involved, but then once you educate them or once they get the real one-on-one to, get, you know, receive all the, all the autographs from the players, which you will not receive in the MLB, right. then they're hooked. So it's, it's, it's great because minor leagues, major leagues, 
you're not going to have the, the one-on-one experience and on-field activities that you will in independent ball. It's wonderful. No, you're absolutely right. And as somebody who has gone, I've been to a couple of Somerset Patriot games. You know, I lived in Persephone for a while, so my wife and I would take that, that little 30-minute drive out there. We loved it. We loved the feel of the stadium. We loved the feel of the team. We loved the fact that for 10 bucks we were literally behind home plate, uh, whereas in mm-hmm, baseball, right. you pay 10 bucks. You're you're not even in the parking lot for that little bit of amount of money. And I I even uh, commented earlier in this year when you know baseball was still going on, how for me to go to City Field it would cost me going over the George Washington Bridge and going over the Triborough Bridge yep. back and forth plus admission. I mean not even admission, plus parking. You're talking upwards of forty dollars just for me to make it to the yep. stadium. Not even to be able to get into the stadium. Um, actually, I'm sorry, forty five. For that price at a minor league baseball game, for example, um, me not being from Newark, I'd be paying a little bit more. But you can probably take a family of four and feed them, you know, in that neighborhood versus me just going to the stadium and spending almost 50 bucks. Absolutely. And we we have the convenience of the light rail being um, right at our doorstep. So you may pay a few, you know, a dollar for your ticket and uh, for transportation and don't even worry about parking. So, we are we are in the prime location as far as for the best value for a family outing or you know any any type of outing. It's definitely the best value. No, you're absolutely right, and that's what I've always found fascinating about baseball. And you know, again, when I would go to those games in Somerset, um, you know, you have the the food was a little bit cheaper, the atmosphere was just so much fun. You know, open outdoors, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas when you go to a baseball game in a in a real uh, you know big time stadium, you almost feel claustrophobic. Now, my wife's not a big baseball fan. You mentioned getting the wives and stuff involved, but she becomes an absolute psycho lunatic when she's at the game to the point where we, we actually drove down to Baltimore a couple of years ago for my birthday to watch the Mets and the Orioles, and I thought I was going to get into some fist fights because she was screaming her head off. But that's the atmosphere that you want, not not the fights, of course, but that's the kind of atmosphere you want <laughs> in a minor league baseball stadium because you're right. Nothing can ever compare being that close to a professional baseball player and some of them who were in the major leagues versus Absolutely. going to – Going to a stadium, like I said, spending your life savings. Your kids can't go to college because you're going to a baseball game versus going to a Newark Bears game. And, you know, you may see somebody who was a, an ex-major leaguer. Or you mentioned Tim Raines, of course. There have been so many different players who have played. Uh, what what was it that really drew you to want to own the Bears? What was it that said, you know what, I need to be a part of this? <laughs> well, just if you don't mind, I just wanted to elaborate on the uh, the whole experience. You know, the oh, best part that people never emphasize on and do not realize is, yes, you know, first off, that you know that you you can, you know, receive, a, a, you know, an autograph from Tim Raines or, or a former major league player, which is a big deal. But the, the, the coolest part of it is, is that, you can you can get autographs from a rookie LS1 LS2 uh, you know whomever you never know who that where that player is going to go so whatever whatever autographs that you collect you that could be you know that could easily uh, you know be worth hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars within a couple of years because you don't know where these guys are going who never who never have made it to the major leagues. That's a great point because I know from personally, like I said, I got really involved, really invested in the American, uh, in the Atlantic League with the with the Patriots. But I was I was checking out guys. I was looking at rosters from all these different teams, and guys like Roger Clemens have been in that league. Guys, you know, former Major League Baseball players in, in again the league that the Bears were a part of formerly, but. 
I also know for a fact that major league scouts are sent to these games, to these minor league ballparks, like even here in Newark, which is right outside of New York City. I mean, there's scouts watching to see if, you know, I want to sign that guy. That guy's good. That guy has talent. That pitcher, we could use him on our roster. We could bring him to our minors and then move him up. And this is it's not like these guys are playing, you know, Sunday beer league softball. They're playing professional baseball. And many of them have made it to the majors because I've seen guys, I've seen guys on my team, and then looking back, I said, wow, you know, this player started out in this league. This player started out in this league, and I had no idea. So you're right. Those autographs could be worth something one day, if not just for the experience. Absolutely. It's exciting whenever a player does get picked up and there's a scout, and you can usually point them out. Um, but they do scout without even their, their machines, you know. So you really never know who is in there and uh, who's out in the stands watching. But whenever they do sign um, one of the players, it is super exciting because they'll come to us and they'll say, you know, this is a deal, we want to find them. And, it, you know, we announce it over the the, the loudspeaker, you know, the, the um, announce the uh, PA system. <laughs> and it's just super, super exciting. It gets everyone, you know, pumped up. Now, let me ask you, Danielle, since you mentioned that, how does that work exactly? If, uh, let's say, they wanted to sign a guy and, you know, a franchise comes up to you, I mean, are these guys under contract to you uh, for a certain time, or how does that work exactly? Because, you know, somebody thinking about it, the professionals, you know, they, they basically own you because they own your contract. How does that work in the, uh, in the Can-Am League where the Bears are? Well, we, we, they're not, our players are not free agents, so we are their agents. So, um, if if anyone would want to to um, recruit them, then they would contact our office, and then we would uh, you know we would negotiate. Or actually, it's not even negotiate. There's certain fees that um, that are capped out, and it's not that much. So we don't you know if you're looking to make money in in the independent you know field, then no, it's not going to happen because the contracts are not worth a lot for the organization. But to see these men evolve and have such a great opportunity, that's what it's all about. Now, have you had any guys sign? I know it's only been, you know, a year or so you've yeah. been owning the team since. Have you had anybody sign to a, a major league team? Two seasons now. It's, it's uh, you know, this will be my third season. But, right, yes, right, right. we have. And just this, um, this uh, we've had Daryl Ward that signed with the, Dime, uh, the uh, Diamondbacks, um, when was it, uh, 2011. Um, we've had, uh, actually, we have Caleb, um, Caleb uh, Cuevas, who just signed. It was not. And affiliated, but it was the he's the first player in Newark history, or Newark Bears and Newark Eagles history to ever sign with the Winter League in Australia. So that was super exciting. It's one of the top notch, you know, leagues out there. We're excited about that. And then recently, we we um, just signed uh, one of our our best players, uh, Omar, who just signed with um, with uh, with the oh my goodness, with uh, the Giants. So we're you know so excited about it. Wow. Now, are you talking about Omar Javier? Isn't that on the, the Bears' website? Correct. Right. Now, it's interesting because, like I said, that was always kind of fascinating to me, wondering how these guys get signed. And Darrell Ward, I've heard of him, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, you know, when these guys, when you're approached and, and you have these things, um, how does it how does it work exactly for the behind-the-scenes stuff? I mean, are you are you outwardly promoting these guys, or do people, do the teams just come to you and you're saying, yeah, you know, let's kind of negotiate here? I mean, what's in it for you when you make the announcement that X player has signed? Is it the notoriety? Is it helping these guys, you know, achieve their dreams? I mean, you know, what, what's in it for Danielle? Exactly. That's exactly it. You you said you said exactly correct everything. Um, it's just the 
the credibility, the notoriety, notoriety. Oh my goodness, I'm tongue twisted tonight. It's it's all of the above. The whole experience to have these young men come here, condition with us with the best that we can offer, and then see them um, excel that way. It's 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 worth the whole the whole fight and obstacles and everything else that we go through. But um, it attracts better players. The more that we sign, the better our players are. Um, and the, you know, and, and plus, it's, you know, it's publicity. It's free publicity as right. well. But we want to make this, you know, a, a great opportunity to win and to also have all of our players eventually sign. Now, let me ask you this. Another thing that I'm I'm curious about, uh, where do you get your players from? I mean, where are you guys scouting? How does that work? When somebody comes to you and say, hey, you know, Ms. Jonay, we want to sign this person. How, how does that work exactly? Uh all of the, you know, we do we do receive a lot of uh, um, requests and um, um, a lot of referrals. Uh, scouts will contact us. Players themselves will contact us. Um, we do scout as well. Um, so, but we, we've been pretty fortunate to be able to host our tryouts and and really collect uh, or select rather uh, select pre, you know quality talent. So um, that's basically how it works and we do call other organizations but um you know it's in the past there was a, a major revolving door and we try not to uh we try to avoid that as much as possible and independent ball you will have somewhat of a, of a revolving door but the the least the better because we want to really focus on these talented young you know young men and older men that that you know just to to give them that extra um the extra performance and so on and so forth and so I'm kind of I'm I'm getting distracted now because we have another event. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I understand. I understand. You, you've of course a busy woman, as, as I'm sure, making all the the money. Um, now, one final question. Making all the money. You're so funny. There's no money, sweetheart. <laughs> we're trying to get there, but like we're just trying to get made break. You know, break even. So. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, compared to me, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you're you're, you're doing all right. But now, Danielle, uh, before I let you go. Uh, tell the fans uh, what can they look forward to this year specifically, 2012. I mean, are there any promotions? Are there any things? I mean, are you going to have me and my co-host up there, you know, announcing games? Are we going to be in the VIP, the press box? I mean, that, that's what we <laughs> want to know here uh, at Pure Gold. That's exactly what we hope to do, and we will continue our local specials. And um, we would like to have you know more broadcasting and live live main uh, live streams. Um, and uh, we do have our opening season begins on May 16th, which our first, our hope, I'm sorry, our opening day is going to, our opening night is on um, May 17th, which is on a Friday night. But the Sunday prior to that is Mother's Day. So we're tying in our mothers and mother and child pitching catch on the field with a picnic and our preseason um, celebration. So we want to encourage our community to come out and it's during our spring training as well so you get to meet extra players you never know who's going to make it so you'll be able it's, it's a really exciting moment you know and to be able to um to celebrate mothers out there and to introduce the team like this it's going to be exciting so um but everything is posted on our website which is you know www.newarkbears.com and um we keep that constantly updated uh so even before that we have special events too so you know just always keeping um up to up to date on there is uh is, is a good thing to do no it definitely is and uh you know danielle i can't thank you enough for joining us 
of course, uh, we'd love to have you on again in the future when the Bears win the uh, the title this year. Hopefully, you know, yeah. bring that title back home to to Newark. Um, again, uh, hopefully, you have a wonderful evening, and I really appreciate you spending some time here with us on Pure Gold. I appreciate you. Thank you so very much, and uh, I look forward to seeing all of you and your listeners very soon. Definitely, we'll Happy be Happy holidays. There. You too. Take care, Danielle. Thank you. Bye bye. Folks, that was the one and only Danielle Drone, as I got it correct. Thumbs up for me, thumbs down for Nelson for joining us. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is Danielle was saying how, you know, making money. I, I made the comment about making money, of course, but she's busy. She's making moves. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the woman's making money somehow. Because for her to own the team, for her to have all these other business ventures, something's going on. Now, I did mention, I threw it out there. Joe and I were willing to uh, to be there. We're, we're willing to announce the games. We're willing to get you know, free stuff, whatever it is, we'll be there to support the Newark Bears. And, of course, uh, as I have a little ad here I'd like to read, the Newark Bears wish you and yours a happy holiday season. Uh, the Newark Bears professional baseball team, of course, uh, with a Spiel MD, which is the, the managing partner that Danielle was talking about, they would like to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday season. Throughout the month of December, the Bears and Eagles Riverfront Stadium will be an official drop-off for toys that will be donated to families less fortunate. The deadline to donate gifts is the 12th of December. Drop your gifts off at Bears and Eagles, Riverfront Stadium, 450 Broad Street, Newark, New Jersey, 07102. You can get more info at newarkbears.com. And, folks, as we end the show, just so grateful, of course, first and foremost, to my co-host for joining me for the first hour. and some unfortunate business he had to attend to afterwards. Thanks so much to Cassie Gannis for joining us for a few minutes. Kristen Ledlow, of course, a Fox Sports field reporter. Impeccable as always. Great to have her on the air. Danielle, who basically co-hosted the show with me for the last twenty some odd minutes. Danielle Drone, the owner and the CEO of the Newark Bears. Would love to have her on again. And like I said, I've been practicing my play calling. I've been practicing my home run call. So I'm ready to go whenever they need me to pinch it to, to join in there. But folks, make sure you tune in next week. Um two weeks from now we are gonna have our two year anniversary special. We're gonna have some great guests lined up. We're gonna have some audio clips, uh guests, things that I've been putting together working on behind the scenes, of course, and uh, we, we do apologize for the, the beginning of the show with some technical difficulties. Unfortunately, the traffic here in Newark, not so fun. Getting here, a bit of a problem at times, but um, as we close out the show, you know, there were so many different things that we touched on today. Make sure you uh, you tune in. You know, Check us on our website, puregopg.com. You can always, of course, hit us up on Twitter. All that stuff is, is posted on there. I'm a bit more active on Twitter then my co-host is, you know, I'm there uh, working the, the salt mines, as it were, trying to get more fans, more listeners, more people to call in. Uh, you know, Joe has some notes here that he kind of threw out there. Uh, David Beckham retiring. Uh, you know, I'm not a I'm, I, Nelson giving me a thumbs up here. Um, the LA Galaxy winning the MLS, a repeat, of course, and uh, Beckham retired. Um, I know that he's a world-famous celebrity, but I don't know what he's done for the Galaxy in the couple years that he's been signed with them for two years. Um, of course, we talked about oh two cups. Sorry, Nelson is trying to you know give me a little a little knowledge here uh, behind the glass, as it were. Uh, Joe was going to get to a they stink segment, but unfortunately he was not able to. There's so many different things going on in the world of entertainment with uh, Revolution season one coming to a close with uh, Arrow, which has been going on. We'll get into that more next week. The Hobbit, the scam that is. Of course, The Dark Knight Rises, which came out yesterday. Joe's favorite movie. That's probably what Joe's really doing, and that's why he wasn't here, because he's at home unwrapping his package in his Batman outfit, listening and watching and just enjoying himself, just 
a bit too much watching The Dark Knight Rises for the fifth time, as it were. And, of course, while we were off the air these past two weeks, legend and legendary actor Larry Hagman of Dallas fame passed away. He was actually in the reboot of Dallas. He played uh, J.R. Ewing, who, as we, you know, you like to show Dallas, he wasn't supposed to be the main character, but he ended up becoming the main character, one of the most evil characters in television history. You know, it's a shame that he died. He was, of course, a man who lived uh, quite a long life. And, uh, you know, with everything else that we did touch upon this evening, uh, you know, we're going to head on out of here. It's uh, it's just about that time. I have a couple promos that I would like to, to air before we go off the air, and I will be right back after this. Hi, this is Morgan Willard, Miss Oklahoma, USA 2010. Make sure to check out Pure Gold every week at puregoldpg.com. Dave and Joe always bring the best in entertaining talk radio and great guests like me. <laughs> you killed me, bro. No, it's all right, it's all right. I pretty much.